Welcome to the Odds Checker Cheltenham Preview Podcast. I'm joined by Odds Checker Jockey Ambassador, if that makes sense in that order, uh, Nick Schofield, Cheltenham Festival winning jockey, Harry Whittington, trainer of St. Calvados, Alt- uh, I was about to say Altior, St. Calvados, uh, <laughs> Simply the Bets and Big Marcher, Andy Holding, our resident tipster and on the blind side's owner and pro punter, Mike Spence. Um, well done guys all for coming, obviously beast of the east going outside, so good to see no non-runners here whilst you know, races cancelled at Kempton and Newcastle, which went to all other tracks. But good to have you all here. We're going to straight into it with Wednesday's racing. Um, we're going to go into the Ballymore and only one place to start, and that is not Sam Crow, is it, Mike? We are going to talk to you about On the Blind Side. It's going to be a good race, isn't it? That's one way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think, I think he, in terms of British novice form, he, set, he sets a very strong standard. Um, I... We're very happy with him. He's learnt so much race to race. I think he's really improved. And, you know, I think we've got to go there with very, not confident, but incredibly hopeful and, and very hopeful of a big run, really. Um, with, your, with your kind of punter's hat on rather than your, your owner's hat, how do you see his form and his price? I mean, he's, he's six to one currently, uh, best price with Paddy Power. Um, how do you see that comparing to Sam Crow, who's four to five best price, but as short as two on, and then next destination, who's who's a similar price as well? I think he's a bit a bit big, really. I think he just doesn't have the jazzy profile that and the reputation that Sam Crow has, really. I mean, he, he's sort of, to be perfectly honest with you, he, he's he's no surprised reason. us when he won at Cheltenham, and then he probably he did surprise me with how easily he did win at Sandown. I mean, he really has grown up. Um, and I think people are more that he's never really had the hype around him. The headlines before the race have never been about him. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think he'll relish the track and the going back there, the course, and the pace of the race will really suit him as well. I think he's more of a two and a half mile than a three miler. I think this is the right race. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the other guys think of Sanka. Everyone's got their own opinion. I mean, he's the talking horse, really. He is the, the talking the horse, yeah. Disney. Yeah, I think he's. You know, I wasn't that keen on his last run. I think he could only... The thing is, he could only win as he, as he did win, and he couldn't have won any more impressively. But watching split screens with the juvenile, it was hard to be blown away if you watched them in split screens, and that's lingering in my mind, albeit Sam Crow did it relatively unextended. And before we, we move on to Sam Crow, um, you know, what does the future hold from the blind side going forward? He definitely goes chasing next year. So he's, he's built like a chaser already. I mean... He's called him over yet? No, not yet. There's a lot of, there's a lot of very good novice uh, chasers that get... Especially over the distance he'll be running over that get beat as novice hurdlers. I mean, it's far from the end of the world if he's to get beat at Cheltenham. You know, he looks a chaser already. He's going to be a better horse chasing. He was bought for chasing, so... Point winner. Point winner. I mean, this year's just a bonus. It just happens to be going very well so far, but... <laughs> Certainly very visually impressive um, in his wins. But I'm kind of going to come to Harry now, who risked the wrath of Mike earlier when we were talking and said that his, um, that his, his bet of the day was Sam Crow. Uh, yeah, well, I, I've just been mightily impressed with him. And, um, you know, he looks straightforward and, um, you know, travels and he jumps. And, um, you know, he just seems to find it all so easy. And I've just been really, really impressed with him. Um, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, 
I would love to train him. <laughs> love to train, I'd love to train on the blind side. Obviously, I went to You've ride. No chance went, there, so. <laughs> I'd love to own the blind side. So we can yeah. be. Well, I did. I did try and buy it on the blind uh, on the blind side a year ago, but uh, couldn't couldn't find anyone to buy him. So I went to Splashed ride. Him. I even went to Spence ride him out <laughs> after his point point when I was so impressed with him. So it pains me every time he wins, and that's probably why uh, I'm so much in the sand. No, I'm not like. That. But anyway, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, no, I just be, I just think uh, you know I've just been hugely impressed with Sam. And um, you know, came through the Colin Bow operation, and uh, you know, he's, he's he looks very straightforward, and um, you know, he's he's got an awful lot of class, and um, you know, I've been, you know, I just think that um, uh, you know, if on the blind side did beat him, well, wow, he's going to make some chaser, isn't he? And uh, uh, very, you know, I th- obviously, you know, on the blind side, it's been really impressive as well, and it's going to be a great race, a great spectacle. Um, but you know, I, I'm just in in the Sam Crow camp at the moment. Yeah. Before I come to Andy to talk about you know this matchup and any other horses I might take as fancy, I think it's an interesting one here to speak to Nick about. You know, if it was up to you, would it be an easy decision to ride Sam Crow, or do you think you can see you know the juice and why maybe go for one of the other ones? Uh, good question. Um, yeah, to be honest, I'd be. The, the, the right judges are saying Sam Crow's the real deal. You know, not, the, the people that are talking about him and saying he's the real deal are not to be laughed at. So you've got to respect that. But um, you've got to respect the people on, on the blind side as well. So it's too, too big. One sitting to my left. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> but two big operations with two very good horses and someone's reputation is, you know, going to fall short. But the, uh, just from visually, I said to a friend of mine after Aintree, that on the blind side was the, one of the best you know, appearances that I'd seen, you know, the way he quickened away, Nico didn't get serious with him. Yes, because early on, um, Mike, he he did look um, like he was going to be more of a three-miler in the spring after his first run at Aintree sort of thing. Did you sort of think... I think, yeah, after Cheltenham we did, but I just think he was so mentally not there. Mm. And and he was becoming outpaced as well because he just wasn't sharp enough mentally. And I think he's grown up. I think that all showed at Sandown that he's... It all came together. It sharpened day. him up almost. Yeah, and, you know. I think so. He really learned. I don't think he learned an awful lot at Aintree. He learned a hell of a lot more at Cheltenham yeah, yeah, when fair. he had to run on past them. Yeah. But he's shown at Aintree they went very slow. Yeah. And he showed the best benefit in Cheltenham. He showed his state. So for me, he's got a bit of everything. Whereas Sam Crow, for, he's run on soft ground. He looks like a proper stayer. And I personally think on blinds, I might do him for a bit of toe. That's, but that's, that's just my opinion. But... Um, I, I don't want to put my head on the block, but just because the people are saying that Sam Crow's the real deal and he might well be the real deal. So um, it's, a, it's a tough one, but um, I wouldn't mind riding either. So. <laughs> these are great, these races, aren't they? Because they're, they're yes, unknown, they these novices, yeah. these you know, talented young horses. It's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 interesting to see Betfair sticking their neck out on the line and going four to five, Sam Crow, and next destination, six to one as well. Um, Andy, how do you how do you approach this race? How do you assess the the you know the chances on form of, of those three at the top or anything else at a bigger price? Um, I wouldn't be as mad on on the blind side as everybody either side of me here. There's something just not right about that race he won at Sandown. Just from a pure time perspective, Mike's already mentioned as well that the juveniles ran 20 lengths quicker on the last circuit. Now either those juveniles are complete worldies or on the blind side is not as good as what everyone thinks. I mean Sussex Ranger was the winner of the juvenile. He's a nice horse, but he got beat by We Have a Dream next time out. So I think he's poor value on the, on the blind side. Out of the next two behind 
Sam Crow in the betting, I'd sooner back next destination than William Mullins Horse. I have to pull you guys apart in a second, but um, but I oh, know it's just my, my view. <laughs> yeah, of course, I mean, no, right or wrong. Not. I mean, you've got to have a view in this game, haven't you? I'm definitely joking. Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> I think next destination is rather flying here under the radar. I think he'll come here rather than the Albert Bartlett because this is the classy of the two staying novice races, and I think William Mullins likes to run his best of quality horses in this race rather than the Albert Bartlett. I don't think he's had the Albert Bartlett winner yet. He's had loads of winners in the, in the they battle. They tend to do that, don't they, to find out. They get more information from it going yeah. forwards in chasing future and everything else. Yeah. That, you know, the middle distance is kind of like, you know, have they got enough speed and do they stay? You know, it's kind of, it's, they, I think they think they learn more from the Ballymore, don't they? Well, yeah. I think you need a little bit of everything in the Ballymore. Yeah. I often yeah. find, having watched the race over the years, you, they tend to go quite slow early um, and then they really do trap on the last circuit. That's why... I think about three out of the last five years winners have run the last circuit quicker than the champion hurdle because they mm. are really quickening wow. up. You know, like York, York Hill, I think that's where everyone's coming from with York Hill. Mm. Oh, God, he's oh, run quicker than Hot Hurricane Fly on the yeah. last circuit. Well, you know, he's got to be a two-miler rather than a two-and-a-half-miler. Of course he was. And I think that's why Giggingstown have done what they've done with Sam Crow. Um, they, they always avoid the champion bumper. They, they, they see their, a lot of their horses as three-mile chasers, so therefore the two-and-a-half-mile intermediate distance is, is the way to go. I, I think he could win the, the Supreme, Sam Crow. Um, I, I think, you know, of what we've seen, he, he does look, you know, a, a really smart horse. He's, his time figure last time out wasn't that great, but I think he, he could have gone quicker. Are there, are there parallels to be drawn with Death Duty from last year, who obviously bombed out after a similar... With a similar profile? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a funny horse, Death Duty. He looks as though he's got a little bit of a hole in him, as he proved last time out, whereas this fella just looks bomb-proof. He's got a great temperament as well. You watch him in the prelims at Leopard Sound, oh God, he's almost like a goes around like a sheep, uh, and you, he settles in a race. He doesn't fight the jockey's uh, hands. He's just a really talented horse. But at the, at the prices, I do think Next Destination is the one. He, he beat a really strong star last time out, cracking smart. He, his time figures the time before were very good, and I just like his attitude. Looking at the old without Sam Crow market as well, you've got on the blind side is 15 to 8 with Skybet and Betfair. Next destination, 6 to 4 with Skybet, but uh, Betfair sticking their neck on the line there as well at twos. Um, I think I speak for everyone, Odds Checker, and wishing uh, Mike lots of luck there, and fingers crossed for him, but uh, it will certainly be a, a huge race anyway. Um, moving on now to the RSA, which also looks like a fantastic uh, renewal of the race. Uh, we've got. Uh, Presenting Percy is 11-4 favourite, Monolith 7-2, and then Black Corton 8-1. Going to start with you, Nick, just because um, you know, Black Corton's a, a horse that you know and a horse you've ridden before. Um, expect, uh, you know, surprised to see him in this company, or do you think he's, he's there on merit? No, I um, actually won five over hurdles on him, so yeah. <laughs> um, over two miles. But uh, he's a three-mile, and I, I must say, I think he's been wonderfully placed by Paul Nichols. I think mm-hmm. th- this, this horse yeah. is the prime example for why Paul Nichols is champion trainer. Yeah. He's picked and choose the graded races, and he's obviously got a great association with Bryony Frost, and the story's gone with it. But um, I think the trainer hasn't got enough credit for yeah, sort of finding cool. the races like he has, you know. So... For that reason, I, I'll probably oppose him. It'd be great if he did one and you know be a grade yeah. one for a girl jockey, blah blah blah. But um, mm. the realist. But the only thing is, I was going through the race myself, thinking what could actually beat it. Now, will it be courts out? You know, there's a few. Mm. Monoly, I was, I thought was given a very good ride by an off wheelie in Leopardstown. Got a very easy lead. He isn't going to have that with like the likes of Black Corton in it in the RSA. And I just think. What will he find off the bridle, personally? <coughs> Monoly. Are we sure Monoly is going to go for the RSA now? Will he be caught out of the JLT? I have suggested that you will run. Will. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think he will go. 
it's an open race, isn't it? I, I, yeah. my, what, f for me, watching Black Corton, um, I just watch him race, and I just wonder whether he's got enough class to win an RSA, you know? Um, Ad Ascot, over the first couple, you know, he's, he, he just he, he doesn't sort of look like he oozes quality. I mean, it's a magnificent um, placing course? through the... Well, for this RSA, and it's so open, yeah. I don't think it's, it's quite a weak... looks quite a weak <clears throat> renewal. And he, but he doesn't look like he's going to find off the bridle because he doesn't... He's got... The, you know, he doesn't... He's not a sort of big, striding, quality sort of animal, you know, so I just... I always look at him and think, oh, does he have enough class? But um, the way he kind of... Did finish off his race at Ascot was was really impressive. I mean, I'm absolutely gutted for the you know Anthony Honeyball camp because I think mm. Fountain's windfall would have you know I think you know he was I think it was something like seven to one was he for the race and everything else and I think he would have um, you know been a huge contender. So um, that was just terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, so you know he was my he was my kind of horse. Um, you know, uh, before, but um, anyway, it is an open race. But I just with Black Horse, and I just, I just, you know, I'm a bit like it with Big Martra, to be honest. Obviously, we were going to go on to him, but just I, I worry, does he have enough class to win one of these? And I'm, I'm a bit like that with Black Horse, and anyway. And how are we looking at the top two in the market? As I said, presenting Percy eleven or four, Monolee seven or two. I think Monolee should run in the two and a half mile race. I remember the Albert Bartlett last year having backed him and he travelled like the best horse thinking this horse is a two and a half miler. Yeah. Yes, he does get three, but will he get three at grade one level when they go a real strong pace? And this is always a real severe test, the RSA. It, it often throws up the odd funny result as well because you don't normally get the... Well, not normally, but sometimes you, you can get the, the sort of sloggers that win it rather than the sexy ones. Um, so He likes I, to be ridden prominently monthly, doesn't he? He does, yeah. yeah. I just, I just think the Jato is his best option. Mm. Um, Hope he doesn't run in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, pre presenting Percy, isn't it? Presenting. Yeah, presenting Percy. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have thought he was, he's the sort of class horse going into the race, but he did, he did have a hell of a hard race against Dar Duke, which would worry you. Yeah. But he's sort of a horse that I thought looks high class, you know, adds the class to win a race like the RSA. I'd just be really worried about his, his this prep run yeah, against our Duke. But what do you think? It was an odd run to run in the Red Mills. Uh, I, I thought it was I, an odd decision. Yeah, I, I, I thought he would have gone straight there. I mean, Pat, don't forget Pat Kelly knows what he's doing. I mean, he's mm. he's trained this yeah, horse brilliantly. Yeah. He's a very shrewd operator. So, you know, got to leave it to the train, I suppose. Um, I actually thought he was going to beat our Duke all the way down the straight mm. last time out, and our Duke stayed him at uh, um, So If you do, you do fancy our Duke for the Gold Cup, like some do. Um, you would be wanting presenting Percy to go very close here. It's he's a hell of a piece of form, isn't it? It's just oh, um, it's quality, yeah, <laughs> against a, 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 a possible Gold Cup winner. Um, but he's got a bit of everything presenting Percy. He travels great. Um, he jumps well. He stays well. He's won a three-mile-five race at uh, Fairy House in a good time figure. And, of course, Davy Russell, who's probably pound for pound one of the best Cheltenham jockeys out there, rides him. So he'll, he'll make sure that he jumps well and preserves energy. But getting on to Black Corton, if you do fancy Black Corton, some do... Um, there's a horse I think is a really interesting contender if the Tizard decide to go here rather than the four mile and I think he would be a player because he isn't the classy of, ho of horses but I think the elegant escape mm. he's definitely worth a mention because on the day when he beat Black Corton at Newbury and, and Anthony's fell at the third last one I think he was half beaten actually mm. um, uh, Fountain's windfall the time figure that he posted that day and particularly his circuit time 
stacked up really well against Gold Present, who won the two-mile five handicap. I think he was about six seconds quicker than that in the last circuit. And he was also three seconds quicker than Total Recall. So he can really operate at a good level when uh, it's a test of stamina. And Tizard's horse would be in better form now than he probably were back then. Absolutely, that's another really good point. And I don't think Kempton suited him in the race that Black Court and beat him in. It was a tight track. They didn't, they didn't go as quick as he would have liked. He's all about stamina, elegant escape. He's got Cheltenham form. He's a very, very uh, reliable type. I, d- I don't know what price he's. I haven't looked in the last week or two. He's a uh, best price. Non-runner, non no bet is 16 to one with Boyles. You're getting a bit of 20s, even 25 to one with Sporting Bet. If Absolutely if massive that. price, that is. He's, he's probably the pick of the prices for me in that race. If he runs, I think he's going to be... A, a dangerous floater. There you go. A certified Andy Holding tip there, exclusive so far to, the, to the podcast and the video. Elegant escape in the RSA. Unless, Mike, you've got anything to add to that, I'm going to move on to the Coral Cup. Nothing, no, nothing. Nothing, nothing of value to add anyway. But no, uh, <laughs> um, so on to the, the Coral Cup now. Um, and again, we won't focus on this too much. Just ask you guys if any horses you want to flag up. I had three and they're actually all trained by Nicky Henderson <laughs> quite strange I thought William Henry remind me who on the blind side trained by <laughs> yeah um, it just happened to be that way I think William Henry is an interesting one he's, I think he's a very he's, he's a very worthy favourite I mean it, it, he is 151 now which he, it's not it's not low but I, mean, I think he's you know he sets a very high standard I mean he's going to be a very worthy favourite and it I think he's going to be favourite for a reason, really. I mean, the other the other two I had were Burbank, who's a bit who's a bit of a bigger mm. price. He's yeah. twenty to one, but he was fourth in the Ballymore last yeah. year, um, which wasn't a bad race. Willoughby Court won it. Neon Wolf was second. I mean, he was up against it that year, but dropping into a handicap, he might just run a fair bit better. I think he could be a bit better than one four three, which he runs off. I mean, there's a, if you're going to compare. For William Henry to be a worthy bet of 151, he's gonna have, you've got to have quite a bit in hand to win these handicaps. And, mm. you know, I suppose that's the question with William Henry is, you know, he could be that much better, but, but it, it is going to be a big ask. But the one I thought was at a non-runner, no-bet price, I think he's unlikely to run in the race because I think they're going to swing the bat and go for the Ballymore themselves. But OK Coral, or Corral, mm. however yeah. you pronounce yes. it, was yeah. an incredibly impressive mm. winner the other day. I know he's very highly regarded. Um, and I know they think he's definitely could be. He's he's had his problems, and, but he's an enormous horse. And if they happen to let him take his chance, he won't go off fourteen to one. He's the horse that he could go off. Six, he, he could go off favourite um, if he was to turn up. I mean, he's the type of JP punt at the festival, but you know he's so well regarded that him what's a pretty open race. I know he's not had that much racing, and it might just count against him, but. I think there's a hell of a lot of ability in, in him. Mm. Yeah. So that is Mike's three there, all Henderson trained. William Henry, 10 to 1 across the board. Burbank, 20 to 1 across the board. And OK, Coral is uh, 16 to 1, no run, no bet, with a couple of firms, Bet Victor and Unibet, two of them. Um, anyone else? Any more for any more? I think it's a, um, a really good shout by Mike to mention anyway, OK, Coral. Uh, as a horse, as an individual, I think he's got a supreme amount of talent. Whether the Coral Cups is race, I don't know. Uh, but the horse that beat him at Newbury, another one of Nicky's. Yeah. Um, what's what 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 what's, I can't remember its name. Long, a long, yeah. a long name. A long name. Beginning I'll find what. out. Keep yeah. going. I'll find out his name. Um, that has won since on on Betfair Hurdle Day in a very good time. Um, I think that both of those two are very smart. And then he he did win well at Kempton. But going back to Kempton, the the form of the Lanzarote I think is one of the best handicaps 
What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Exactly. What are you doing? That is definitely the best two and a half mile handicap we've run so far this season. The form has worked out well. Um, top of the game has won since, and I think he's a player. Yeah. If he runs in the Coral Cup, he yeah. travelled really yeah, well in the Sandown race. He probably would, but I think he might well get it. Uh, and I, I do think Ben Paulin's also run well if, he, if connections decide to go. Also called Red Indian. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was third in that race. They ran him at Tarsi the day, but the ground was atrocious, and he's, he's by Suleimani. And I don't. I think he's been waiting for good ground for a long, long time. That horse. Red Indian 33 to 1 yeah. with Labricks, uh, NRNB as well. Whether Ben runs it or he runs Labroil, I don't know. But they're both talented novices. And, uh, Lots of money coming from Labroil to in the last kind of 48 hours as well. Yeah. From 20s into about the 14 to 1 mark, still 16s around with 365. Yeah, so look, two against the field. They're both running in the, in the uh, Lanzarote. Uh, Red Indian, who's third, and top of the game, who's fourth. Probably back one of those two each way or both each way. Nick, any idea who you'll be riding here? Trouble is with this race, the boys' races, the conditional jockeys' race is very similar. So, it's, as Harry told us, so many variables will also go where. But the only thing I'd say, you needed, a, you almost need a graded horse for this, yeah. this mm-hmm. race because okay. Super Sunday pre- won it last yeah, year. Presenting yeah. Percy won that. The other handicap was it? Um, yeah, and Super Sunday won yeah. this race last yeah. year. It's actually a really, really hot contest. This call, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Because there's yeah, two or three in there. You, it could you, be graded. You want a horse that's yeah. going to be what you think is a graded horse because mm. it's such, you know, the handicap. So. Um, the way I look at it is I would wait till the entries are out because you've also got the attempts that some horses all tempted all the conditional jockeys race the ground I think there's quite a lot of variables although I don't bet but mm. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be picking one just yet you know yeah. as like, I'm sure like um, a lot of the jockeys won't be committing because there's, there's quite a lot of variables going into it Moving on now to the champion chase. And when I said about 15 minutes ago off air to Andy that I thought Altior was a bet, he looked at me with absolute disgust. So I'm going to come to you first and tell me why at 8 to 11 you're avoiding Altior and I think you're quite keen on Min. I, well, I just get, I just get the, the impression by everyone in the media and, and good judges that Altior's only got to turn up here and win. Um, I'm, I'm he, is, he is the best horse in training, probably, but it's the preparation, isn't it? And this win thing, I, I, it seems to be all good, the bounce factor. But I was excited that Andy is a good judge. So talented. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just don't think there's, there's as much between them as the betting suggests. I, I'm looking at it from a pure betting perspective. Mm. Um, you know, there wasn't a massive chasm between them in the supreme novices. Um, and I think Min's improved immeasurably over fences. Obviously, Alzio has as well, which everyone can see. And I th- I'm really looking forward to this race. I think the good Could thing... Have a very good time last time, wasn't it? Quick and foot pad. He's run, he's run three exceptionally fast times, yeah. even when he got thrown out at Leopard Town. He's, a, he, he's actually top of my figures, really? other really? than the, uh, the also part own, Dr. Phoenix, um, who, who won't run, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I say, my numbers suggest to me that Min has got more chance than the odds are saying here. That's all I'll say. Mm. You know, let's let's see what happens. But I, I've backed me in each way at eleven to two, so I'm in a good. You're happy. <laughs> I'm in a good situation where I'm got to worry about him winning. Whereas if you're thinking of lumping on Altior, I'd be absolutely scared centres of him being in this race. And and given the way the race will be run, special TR for golf in front, it'll give me a lovely chance to get a lovely tra- trade um, tra- um, trial through into the race Andy when you get a knock on your door about two and a half hours after Altior is absolutely hosed up you'll know it's me um, but having, as long having... as Min finishes second then we're, we're still winning <laughs> uh, Min, Min 7-2 best price with Betfair uh, even now despite being as short as 9-4 to four elsewhere um, Mike I'm going to come to you about a, you know, possibly the forgotten horse in you know, national hunt racing whether or not he 
whether we run again or run here, we don't know. But Duvan's still available at four to one um, with Bet365. Does that is, that is that interesting, or can we just not? It's not a punting proposition at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it's non-runner no bet that four yeah. to one, but. I mean, I just, I don't think I'd want to be having a bet in this race until they turned up. But for me, I, I mean, I, I want to believe everything I read, but I know how owners work. And given that Richie doesn't have a runner in the Ryanair, there's just something in my mind that, that tells me he's not going to want to see Min and Duban running against each other. Mm, I, I mean, there's just something that I know how owners mm. work. And given really that Richie <laughs> wants a runner in every race... Or, you know, maybe he does or doesn't. The last thing that owners really want is to run two horses against each other for the sake of it. And I, I wouldn't be having a bet until the day. And really, I want one in it. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, he's also got, he can't ride both yeah, no, of them. Can't. <laughs> and he's got under so. Yeah, yeah, he's got under so. So there's the, the, the dilemmas there as well. They've yeah, also got true, under so. so. But if something was to happen to under so, you know, you know say it did who switches there you know there's a lot of fit they've got a lot of horses to sort of jostle into position here and I wouldn't want to be making a call now about who's going to run where I mean Duvan they keep saying he's in good form and although he's not bang on target you know as long as he jumps through the hoops he's got to get through then he's going to be running at Cheltenham is what they keep saying and I yeah I'd rather see you know, the, I know Richie loves Duvan so much. He, he's the apple of his eye in it. And to see him running against Min might just... You know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be putting my house on it. They'll both run the same... They'll yeah. both run the champion yeah, chase. And, uh, and just, just a word, Harry, on, on Altior. Obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're based pretty close to, to his trainer and, and probably know the horse fairly well. Um, how do you see this, this kind of match bet shaping up? Um, well, at the end of the day... You know, um, if uh, if Altior is is 100%, you know, and he looked that way at Newbury last time, there's obviously always the worry that, you know, um, the wind issue and the operation and this, that and the other. But, um, you know, if he turns up, he's the best horse in training, you know, um, and I think he wins the race. But, um, you know... Um, when something's had an issue like a wind and it's had an operation you can't and the price is short as short as it is you can't be you know uh, you know too confident that um you know that he's going to turn up and be the same horse and and you know so it's obviously um you know it's obviously worrying but at the same time you know i think um you know the, the 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 vibes from the camp are that he's he's a one. So, you know you've you've got to believe that he's going to turn up and, he and do his thing. It, you know after that run that run back. You know Nico just gave him a quick squeeze and it, and it was away ahead of a you know in Plutterlog a horse who'd some thought would be able to exactly. Um, again, who do you given the given it's basically a match bet? Who would you choose if you were given the option of the two? Let's say I retired and I had. I've got a mortgage on my house. I would literally put my mortgage on out to win. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this horse yes. jumps. He jumps. I mean, he's got he's twelve out of twelve over hurdles and fences. Like, I just can't see any negatives. He beat Min by seven lengths in the Supreme. Like. He's better over fences, in my opinion. So I smell a Schofield double of Bouvet Dar Altior, and it's going to be very not original, but for, for me, Mr. he's Henderson. a proper racehorse, trained by awesome. a master. He is awesome. And the great thing is, from Nico's point of view, if you notice at Newbury, he was going to make the running. Sam was obviously told by Paul Nichols to sit on his girth, so then Sam got run off with. So Nico just said, "Come back," took a lead. He just you can ride him. You don't have to ride him in a certain way, or you don't need things. Whatever the scenario, that so horse can cope with. Yeah, yeah. And you know. 
horses like him don't come along that, that often and mm. I think he'd probably he'd win a Ryanair as well. Given the way we're all talking about um, the Henderson horses, I think we'd better by the end of this podcast look at the top trainer market because by the looks of things, he's going to win every single race at the festival. Um, one that he probably won't win is what we're going to talk about next, and that is the cross country. I think this might be quite a brief chat. I mean, does anyone have anything of note that they want to, they want to talk about here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, cause of causes has basically been laid out for this, hasn't he, to win it again yeah. like he did last year. I mean, he's a cracking little horse, isn't he? Um, he's not very big, but give him Cheltenham in the spring he just seems to come alive so that run the other day when he was down the field in that two and a half mile race at Leopardstown was just basically used as a stepping stone for this yeah. um, but I do think Orvignon who finished fourth in this race last year could certainly improve upon his position whether he turns a form around and calls the causes completely is open to question but he got into a horrible rhythm that day he, he, he just got it got into a poor track position because a couple of early scratchy little mistakes and he could never really get on terms. He made the ground up, but the effort to make the ground up obviously took its toll. Um, uncharacteristically, he actually fell at the, the race at the Paddy Power f- f- uh, meeting. But he was back on track the last day when he beat uh, Joseph's orders in the, in the best Irish trial. Um, he's a decent horse, Avignon. He's got lots of low mileage. Um, so at the, again, at the price, I think he's nine to one top price. I'd sooner be with him each way, Auvignon. So Cause of Cause is 7-2, a sporting vet is the favourite, and Auvignon, as Andy said, 9-1, to one, and that is with Betfair. Anyone else? M- move on. Move on. Move on to the Fred Winter now. Another race where, again, I'm going to open it to the floor. Um, any, any horse people want to flag up? Yeah, I've got a really strong view on this Here race. we go, perfect. Another certified <laughs> tip coming up right now. Well, unfortunately, they're, they're all out in the public domain. I tipped them last week. Um, <laughs> but I, I, put up, I put up Nick, Sco, uh, Nick Schofield, Nick Sc- Dan Skelton's horse. You put up Nick Schofield, Nick doesn't even know what he's riding yet. <laughs> I, I put up Dan Skelton's horse, uh, Nubi Negra. I think this is a, um, a, a really shrewd um, bit of training by, by Dan. Um, he won with it first time out at market raising, a good time figure. And then he, he took it to Cheltenham to have a bit of a sight at the track albeit uh, over the new course when he finished second to Apple Shakira but actually going down to this last the two of them were still on the bridle and he thought oh god Apple Shakira's in trouble here and then obviously the, the better horse the grade one horse just went away from him but um, Harry was not hard on Nubri Negra so job done they've run it around Cheltenham they got a mark of 135 and they ran it in a novice hurdle at uh, Doncaster whereby he had literally had a jog round apparently he wasn't 100% fit as well and he still got came out of that race with a mark of 135. I think he's really well handicapped, given that you think Apple Shakira could be a 150-plus horse. Yeah. Um, they put it away, and uh, conditions-wise, it wouldn't make any difference, good, soft or whatever. Uh, he's a strong traveller. He jumps his hurdle slick. Um, I thought the 14, 16 to 1 anti-post is too big. Uh, and the other real rick of the race, where, where I could say anyway a week ago, was the lisp of Alan King's. I think Alan King's got a really good set of juveniles this year. Rudician, of course. He's got City Dreamer. Uh, and he's got this, this Lisp who ran really well in a good trial for this race. Uh, the Victor Ladorum, is it? That's at Haydock. It's a race that threw up um, Black High Hawk a few years ago. And it was one of my strongly, stronger run juvenile races of the year. And unfortunately, Tom Cannon couldn't actually hold this horse early on. And he took the running up down the back, which is not his run style. And he literally ran for a mile flat out in front. He made a bad mistake at the second last, and yet he only got beat two lengths by two strong stayers, Cornerstone Lad and um, the eventual winner, Turning Gold. Um, and Furlan per Furlan, that was the best time in the car. They ran the last circuit quicker than Donna's Diamond, than Chef de, de Zobu, who won for Dickie Henderson. He actually, that, that juvenile race actually beat Chef de Zobu by 20, 35 lengths. Yeah. 
So you know that's a really good juvenile. Yeah. Hills went 40 to 1 after that race. That's not around anymore, Andy. You've Which seen is that. absolutely ridiculous for a quality horse. So those are my two against the field. I think they both go into the race with excellent credentials, and I'll be disappointed to say the least if one of those two doesn't finish in the first four. So Nuba Negra and Lisp are my two. Nuba Negra, 10 to 1, pretty much across the board, and Lisp, there's still a bit of 20s around. That's still too non 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 bet at 3.65. Any, anyone to add anything to that for Fred Winter? I'd say Nuba Negra was lightly penciled down on my sheet but I, I didn't know how much value was still left in the price it was I'd rather see them on the day now to be honest. Did that price disappear when the yellow star came across his name on, on the odds track <laughs> it should be an 8 to on the field race on the day and yeah, exactly. firms will be betting 5 and 6 places so if you're not already on you have got the caveat of getting an extra place or two uh, on the day just yeah. from a race point of view I'm lucky enough to win it for Paul uh, Nichols on Quilando and finish second you need a horse that's stays the trip away for whatever reason it's mm. probably one of the weakest handicaps of the week but they go very fast and they're only three rows and nothing really they sort of turn the bend and they can all fall in the hole you need a horse that can sort of lay up with the pace but also stay up the hill and i think top weight's very hard to carry in the race like that if you actually watch the race last year flying tiger richard johnson they come from last mm. and they mm. just he basically richard johnson put it in the race from two out and it was the only one to really stay on up the hill mm. so you need a horse that can jump so whatever you choose, I'd watch the replays. Because very often these juveniles can be run on soft ground where they don't go very fast and the jumping is not so much of an asset and they go to Cheltenham on good ground and the jumping, you only need to miss two or three hurdles and yeah. of the eight and that can cost you the race. So it's sort of before you back a horse, seriously, look at the replays and just check it's jumping up to scratch. Or even have a look during the race and perhaps yeah, it's quite, travelling yeah. well further down the field. Yeah. Paul Nichols actually... No, um, yeah, Melala. Yeah, Paul Nichols got an amazing record in this race. Yeah. I was doing the stats on it. Talk to the the night. We did a first and second. That yeah, yeah. I was second. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Remained the same, same was it? Yeah, I think he's. I May think he had, twenty-five to one. I think he had the first two home a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he's. I think he's won it three times since his inception. They're so. all French type horses yeah. coming from France, which you often means they're very good jumpers. They're yeah. so well scored as two, mm. three-year-olds and. I think that's a massive asset if you've got a horse with plenty of experience, mm. especially in the jumping department in this race. Dickie, 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 sorry, yeah. Dickie Johnson, he um, he rode a juvenile for me once at Market Raisin, and obviously it was a poor race, and he won very, very easily, hacked up. He's called Duke of Medina, he actually ran in the Fred Winter, but he's a big outsider, he's only rated in the 50s mm. on the flat, and he ended off off a mark of 137 over hurdles, <laughs> but he was completely outclassed at Cheltenham. But when he got off him at Market Raisin, I said to him, um, Triumph Hurdle, you know, getting a bit carried away, and he said... He jumps and he stays well, so I wouldn't put you off. You know, really? yeah. He said, you know, at the end of the day, these juveniles and handling, cutting the ground, but if they stay well and they jump well, you know, um, then you can have a lot of fun with them as juveniles, if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, it's all about staying and it's all about jumping. Like they are first season hurdlers, aren't they? So, you know, if they miss one or two, like you say, they're, you know, the game's over. Before we go on to the, um, the only reason why people are actually listening to this for the naps, um, I think we will just close the champion bumper. And in my opinion, anyone who manages to back the winner of the champion bumper deserves more than just their winnings. Um, it's probably the only race of the week I try and avoid. Um, I know, Harry, you um, had a couple of options of horses you could have sent. Options? Nah. No? <laughs> Option? Oh, I just couldn't do it to a young horse, you know? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. I mean, what, I really what's couldn't. from a trainer's just, point of view? You know, I got one animoir. He won at Huntington really, really nicely. He's a lovely, lovely horse. He's got a great mind. I mean, if there was a re- horse that you would run in it, it would be Animar because he's so laid back and he's, he's an absolute dude of a horse. Um, 
Uh, you know, he's so straightforward. Um, but um, I just can't do it to him. He's lovely, big, rangy type. He's going to jump fences one day, which is um, unusual with his pedigree being a half-brother to um, uh, Loren, who was obviously a top two-year-old this, this winter and won the Phillies Mar. But he... Um, yeah, I, I, it's for me. It's you know, it, it can ruin good, nice young horses. So I don't have any interest. In we've spoken before about how you know you see a lot of horses who win this race not go on to much, and you see yeah, horses exactly. run down the field. So it's not really a great barometer. Q-card of, did all right, man. Q-card Q, well, well, that's exactly what I said when <laughs> exactly. we talked about it. <laughs> you saw my line. Um, um, Mike, anything catching your eye here? Not. You're, you're, you're on my page with the uh, hmm. avoidance. Um, and I, I like the look of Jamie Snowden's horse, um, the Arakan, I can't remember what it's called. I thought that was so impressive at Warwick. Wow. And mm. the Nick Gifford horse did well as well. Asker. And then Nick's horse is yeah. very, he's very good, isn't he? He won the listed race, didn't yeah. he? And AC Milan and with Honeyballs, that's another one. AC Milan, yeah, oh, yeah 10 yeah. to 1, that is. She could be the race, time. couldn't it? Yeah. We're going to go through them all. Yeah. And just before we move on to the naps, Andy, you put up rhinestone. Yeah, um, obviously, the, the, my time figures lead me down the right path in this race because bumpers are intrinsically slowly run events and yeah. they, who, who can quicken at the end. So I tend to concentrate on the ones who have done good numbers. So I think I've got a reasonable idea of where we stand here I actually backed claiming taking Forgan in this race last year because uh, he'd done a big number at Doncaster and he finished fourth was it so fourth or fifth, I, yeah, it, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't a million miles away um, the, the, the best bumper in Ireland this season by a mile was the race at Leopardstown on the Leopardstown two day festival it was won by Blackbow um, he beat a very good field they looked fantastic in the paddock and I was hoping that Rhinestone would run well and back up his thirdless time figure and I came away from that race that day thinking I was even more impressed with him in getting beat. Um, he just got out, not outpaced, but he got tactically done by Paddy Mullins on Blackbow, kicked off the bend at Leopardstown. He just got three or four lengths, and then Rhinestone for the last two furlongs was getting him, getting him slowly, getting him slowly. Um, but he just couldn't make the ground up on that really heavy ground because the winner's a bigger, stronger type. But I think on better ground, Rhinestone will turn the form around. He's a lovely type, a proper athlete. Nine to one he is, yeah. He's still a really good prize. I'd be amazed if he wasn't in the first four. Of the English, um, I wouldn't be as keen on the Gifford horse as I would be several others, um, just because he hasn't done a number yet. And I, the horse of, and we talked about him off air, didn't we, beforehand, of, of Fergal O'Brien's. Yeah. Time to move on. I'm getting the vibes that that horse might not run because I think they still think he's a bit raw, he's a bit of a baby, and he might not necessarily have the mental capacity to win a race like that. But rest assured, he's probably, what, pound for pound, one of the most talented horses in the race if he does run. Uh, but even if he doesn't, follow him, because I think he'll be a serious tour going down the line. 16 to 1, still available there for time to move on in the champion bumper. We're going to close this up now, asking the four panels uh, for their naps. Don't worry, you won't hear mine. Um, Mike, coming to you first. I'm going to go... But the- Split it if that's all right. OK, Corral as a non-runner, no bet in the Coral Cup is, yeah. is my best bet in terms of value. But it's probably an unlikely runner. So I'll go with on the blind side. On the blind side there, Andy. Well, um, they're likely to bet five or six to one the field in the champion bumper. And I'm pretty convinced that there'll be at least four places with most firms. Some firms will go five. So that opens up a real possibility of getting stuck into Rhinestone. I'll be, I'll be absolutely amazed if that horse is in the first four or five. I'm now going to have to have a bet in the one race I don't bet on, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Harry? Yeah. Um, Sam Crow. Sam Crow, and at four to five, a bit bet fair. And Nick? I was going to say Altior, but that's fair. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm glad to hear it. Altior right, at eight to 11. <laughs> oh, God, Sam Crow, so. <laughs> well, do, doing one of these for each... Um, 
for, for each day. The, the videos will also be going up on YouTube as well. So make sure, um, having listened to this, that you tune in to both Thursday and Friday's episode and Tuesday if you haven't listened to it as well.